0: Ladies, 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 welcome to Linking Arms. I'm your hostess, Nadine McGowan. This podcast is by Purposeful Living Inc., which is a nonprofit that exists to serve the modern woman. We define the modern woman as the woman who looks like she has it all together, but behind closed doors, she's hurting, searching, or lonely. We're here to talk about real things with the real women, to heal, to grow, to inspire encourage, empower you to be the woman you are created to be. We are so glad you're here. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm on with Brianna Downs and the topic is a change in perspective
1: and I would love to have you kick us off. Definitely, definitely. I think so much of the world really Tells us to define ourselves on how much money we have, what we've accomplished, and even more than that, what we've tried to accomplish and failed. But we have to change our perspective to focus on what's really important in life and who God says we are. Because what the world says is important is completely different than what God tells us is important.
0: That is so rich and so me I almost want to like listen to that again and again and again and again and Brianna this was not your perspective growing up right so tell me about what your perspective used to be and kind of some of your journey and 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 what it's led you to and how you now have this perspective
1: yeah so definitely i i got pregnant with my daughter at 16 in high school and my perspective was influenced on how people saw me and maybe they didn't even tell me themselves, but this idea and the stereotype um, that people put on me or I even put on myself there was expectations that I felt I had to meet. I had to beat this teen mom stereotype is what I would tell myself. I have to finish high school, I have to go to college I have to be the best mom and I have to do it by myself. And anytime I would fail something, my perspective on myself was I'm not good enough. I have to do better and I have to prove people that I can do this. A Growing up and raising my daughter on my own, for a long time, I felt like I had accomplished my goal of beating that teen mom stereotype. I, I finished high school in the top 10 of my class. I went to college and I was on my own with my daughter. And then I found myself in a really abusive relationship and ended up um, pregnant with my three-year-old daughter and living in a shelter for the remainder of my pregnancy. And during that time, people perceived me a lot different than they had before. There were questions of why I had let that happen, how I ended up in the place that I was, and it felt like all of my accomplishments didn't matter anymore. They were not my accomplishments were not as good as my failures were. They did not outshine everything that I had worked for. I felt like the failure of losing everything, myself included, that that was how people see me now. And for a long time, I battled with who I was and how I perceived myself, as well as where i could go in the future and it honestly wasn't until i started going to church and i really let god in that i realized i was not defined by who people thought i was but by who god says i am and my failures did not define who i was and my life was not controlled by things that i had no control over
0: I mean, you just said so many things that I almost like want to camp out at each of them. You know, like I want to just start off with the fact that you are a sixteen-year-old single mom that really like took it on and 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 needed felt like you needed to like earn and strive and I'm not good enough and I have to prove it and like took that identity on and 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 succeeded at it. Definitely. Truly. But then ended up in an abusive relationship. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that abuse looked like and what that was like to have a baby? And just can you expand on that season?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I actually ended up in two abusive relationships back to back because like many women who find themselves in toxic relationships, instead of healing we just believed this was a mistake. I know what to look for and we move on really fast. And that's what I had tried to do. Um, but with my son's father, everything was actually great in the beginning. We moved really fast. Within a month of meeting each other, he was living with me. It it felt perfect. And there was red flags that I just I didn't know of. I was young and my relationship with my daughter's father had failed. So when everything felt right we we don't look at those red flags. We make excuses for them. And one night when I was pregnant with my son, we had broken up for a while and gotten back together and things just took a turn for a worse. I ended up um, being choked until I was unconscious. I had to beg, like literally beg for my child, but I didn't even, I didn't even want at that time. I did not want to be pregnant. I did not want another child. I didn't feel that I was ready. And he convinced me to promise to get an abortion. And I said, I'm gonna get an abortion, like just don't hurt my baby. And I got up the next morning and I told him I was going to pick up money from my dad. And I took my daughter and we left. I never went back to my apartment. I was in the hospital to make sure that my son was okay. And it was just this crazy moment. I was sitting in the emergency room finding out that this baby I was pregnant with was further along than what I knew. And this whole time, I I didn't want this child, but I fought so hard to give him a chance at life on the bathroom floor, covering my stomach, begging just anything to get out of that bathroom to save him and then just feeling stuck because so many people were like, you, you shouldn't have this baby. And then finding out that I was too far along for an abortion. And I knew in my heart that I didn't want one. I was like, I was stuck in this weird space of, I know I want my baby to have a life, but I don't know if I want to be the one to live life with him. If that makes sense. That makes sense. I actually considered adoption and was completely convinced that I was going to, um, adopt this baby out to a family. I was partnered with an adoption agency. I was looking at families and it really took me separating my child from my child's father and separating people's expectations for me mm-hmm. that I can love my baby and provide my baby what he needs Because even though at that time I was not following God, I knew that God had a plan for my life and for my child. And three months before I gave birth, I said, okay, I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to keep this baby. I'm going to love this baby. And in the midst of that, I was in the shelter and I ended up um, finding a new man who seemed perfect once again. And that relationship became very toxic, very fast. Um, He was there when I gave birth to my son and he cut his umbilical cord. And shortly after I gave birth, not even 12 hours later, he wanted to have sexual relations in the hospital after I had given birth. And I said, no, I like, I just had my baby. And he, threw an entire bag of food on top of me and my newborn son. And in that moment, I, I realized how horrible things had gotten. But I was filled with so much shame. And just once again, how are people going to perceive me? The nurses knew that I was there from a shelter. They knew I was struggling. They knew I had been in an abusive relationship. And in that moment, I told myself, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what happens, I'm going to stay because I don't want to prove that I have failed again, that I'm not lovable, that I can't choose the right man. And for a long time I lived in that secret. I I allowed things to get bad because I was so afraid of being looked down upon and being looked at as a failure. And I just I wanted to hide all of that shame and hide all of those things that to me, were my fault and that I wasn't good enough.
0: You know, you share your story, Brie, and it is, it is heartbreaking, honey, what you've been through. And I just, I can't imagine, you know, everything that you have endured and how you have fought to protect those babies and yourself. You're such a warrior. And, you know, I don't know if every woman can relate exactly to your story, because I think we all have a different story, but, you know, what I heard you say so clearly is a couple of things that I think is very relatable to to everybody. I think sometimes we do ignore red flags and we do make excuses for unacceptable behavior when we need to get help and we need to be honest and we need to, we need to reach out. Right. Um, So that was one. The other thing is the power of shame and how shame can keep us stuck. Right. Like, shame can really keep us stuck. And so if you're a woman listening to us right now, and there is shame that is keeping you stuck right now, I just want to let you know that shame has no power over you, that people will love you authentically right where you are, right for who you are. You are not a failure because of the choices that you've made or because of what's happened to you. Like everything is redeemable. And Brie, you're such a beautiful story of that, of like, anything is redeemable, to to think about the fact that you were physically abused, choked almost to death, that you were pregnant at 16, that you were homeless, that you were in two abusive, toxic relationships. And and through all of that, it's equipped you and, and defined you and it's made you who you are. But then there was a turning point. There was a redemption point, right? And so I wanna hear about that. I wanna hear about that shift in perspective.
1: Definitely. It was not overnight will be the first thing I'll say. Of course, it was a very long process, but I took on healing as the most important thing in my life because after my second relationship, I realized that if I didn't heal and I didn't learn from each individual experience, I would never get out of that cycle. So I did group therapy. I did one-on-one therapy. I went to workshops. I allowed myself to feel things that I didn't want to feel. Because a lot of times as women, I think we feel that if we can just push those feelings away, or if we can just hurry up and feel them and move on, they won't come back. And the truth is, if we don't allow ourselves to feel those things, it can be impossible to heal because all you're doing is putting up barriers. And I started going to church and I remember the first time that I posted that I was going to church and one of my friends responded to me and said, once they find out who you really are, they're not going to want you there. And once again, that shame of just, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I can't change my life around. I'm too far gone. And like you said, none of that is true. And I am proof of that, that no matter the experiences you've gone through, the trauma you've gone through, the decisions that you made that were not loving yourself and that were not doing well for yourself. None of that matters at the end of the day because it's never too late to change your life around. And that's what I held on to and finding my identity and shifting my perspective To it doesn't matter what people think about me. It matters who I think of myself and the ways that I love myself. Because if I change my perspective on who I am and where my life is going and that my choices in my life are redeemable, then that is the way people will perceive me. And a lot of times I thought people would judge me. And I started to share my story authentically and rawly with women, even just online. I spoke at some conferences. I told my story in detail. And I just said, you know what? I just, I feel in my heart that I need to do this because so many times once we heal and we work through something, we want to move on and never talk about it again, right? And in that moment, I realized that there are so many women who are hurting and suffering just like me and they don't have the courage, they don't have the community behind them to share their story. And not only does that hurt other women, because so many times we're in instances where we feel completely alone, we feel singled out, we feel different from everybody else. And if one person shares a story that's similar to yours, suddenly, your perspective is not that I'm alone, I'm a failure. It's that I'm going through something that is hard. But I am redeemable and I am okay and I can get through this. And then from another perspective, when we hide domestic violence, when we hide abuse, when we hide the realities of having a child young and out of wedlock and struggling as a single mother, people that haven't been through those experiences, they don't understand. And they can't understand unless We share those testimonies unless we be honest and authentic. And my life wasn't perfect, perfect by any means, but I can share that pain. And something that we talk about a lot is turning that pain into purpose. And that has been a goal of mine is teaching and educating people, but also helping women find comfort and reminding them that even if you are in a dark tunnel right now, that darkness does not have to last forever. There is light at the other side of that tunnel. Yes. There is light at
0: the end of every tunnel. Yes. Every tunnel, every dark tunnel, every dark season. And again, breathe, this is just so rich. You said so many things. I almost like can't even write fast enough, um, that I just kind of want to highlight, you know, the first one that, that stood out to me is taking on healing as the priority. And man, that is you know, it's almost like you drew a line in the sand and you were like, enough is enough. I'm going to heal because that's what it's going to take to make the shift or else I'm going to stay stuck from toxic to toxic to toxic. And then and then and then the tools that you use, you know, you, you said a lot, therapy being one of them, community being another one of them feeling it to heal it. You got to feel it to heal it, you know, and you didn't necessarily say it in those words, or maybe you did, but that's how I wrote it down. Like, we've got to feel it to heal it. We've got to give ourselves space to really heal. Um, you got yourself plugged into a church. I know for me, that was a game changer. Yes. Um, and it sounds the same for you. And then the other couple of things that you shared that I think is really important is you were vulnerable and you were authentic. You didn't show up and act like everything's going to be fine or everything's okay. You didn't shut down. You didn't hide. You shared your authentic self. Um, and I think those are all like, you know, like I think about like baking a cake, right? You need all these different ingredients to like come up with the cake. It sounds like you literally gave us the ingredients to healing and to shifting our perspective and to making a major change in our lives, Um And then I love that you said using my pain for purpose. And that's exactly what you've done. And we always have a choice, right? Like we can sit in the pain, we can stay in the toxicity, we can stay in the failure and in the shame and believing the lies of shame because shame is a liar, right? And shame keeps us stuck and keeps us in bondage. But you had courage. You had courage to reach out. And it takes courage to reach out. And it's just so beautiful. And again, I just want to like women who are listening to this, sisters, if you're listening to this, I don't know what your story looks like. But if shame is 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 keeping you stuck, is keeping you in hiding, is keeping you isolated, I just want to let you know, take the courage, courageous step, like s- step out and reach out. We have a community right here, purposefullivinginc.org. We will not judge you. We will not shame you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. You could be the, the the best or the worst person on the face of the planet. Like we love and we receive you right where you are. And you are not alone. And you said that. You said, you know, when you reach out, you realize you are not alone. You realize yeah. you are okay. Okay that you will get through this. And I wanna speak those words over anybody who's listening who might be in that dark tunnel. You are not alone, you are okay, and you will get through this. Amen, that is so true. Right? And so you had a couple of verses that like really, you know, your verses with the, with this topic. And I love that you had them memorize. So would you share those two Bible verses with us?
1: Definitely, definitely. Philippians 4, 8. Is Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I love that verse because it just reminds us to shift our perspective and focus on things that are pure, that are honorable, that are truth. And that's where our minds will stay. And that's where our actions will come from. It all starts in your mind. And if you are focusing on the good and the promises of God and the things that you know you can change in your life and things being better, those are the actions you're going to make. My other one is Colossians 3.2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And I actually have one more that is just my favorite verse and I have to share it. Is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. This is my first verse that I had memorized. Is that for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. That is a promise. There is there is peace and there is comfort and there is freedom in that because even when you don't know where your life is headed, even when you feel alone, even when you're stuck in those times of darkness. God still has a plan for you and one that you can't even fathom. You can't even imagine. And I am so glad that I fought through that darkness to get to the plan that God had for me in my life.
0: Me too, Brie. Me too. And, you know, you didn't sit idle and just feel sorry for yourself. You pursued healing. You pursued truth. And you found both.
1: Yeah. And everybody can do it. Great thing. Everybody can do it. There is no timeline on success. There's no timeline on healing. One of my favorite things is that healing is not linear. I am years into a positive, healthy relationship. I just got married. And there are still days where I struggle and that's okay. And we don't have to have these expectations. We don't have to have this perspective and expectation on ourselves that once things are good, they always have to be good. And they always have to be great.
0: Such a good point of this concept of like, we will never arrive. We're never going to graduate. We're never going to get this like, oh, I have reached success in life. Like we're just broken messes. Right. And, And we, but the difference is, do I walk with a perspective of shame and lies and I'm a failure and I'm not enough and I'm not, or do we walk, in this perspective of focusing on what is true and honorable and just and lovely and commendable and excellent like the verse you reference, and that's the perspective change that is the part that we have power over right it's like it's like having like a remote control and going okay what am I focusing my energy my thoughts on my my um Attention on. Is it all the bad? Is it all the past? Is it all the stress? Is it all, or is it God's goodness? Is it God's promises? Is, is it my true identity? Is it the truth? Is it, and that's the choice that we get to make every single day. And sometimes, like, I will, I will, I have to make that choice and then I have to remake that choice, right? Like, sometimes yeah. I start the day making the choice and then something trips me up and then I'm back thinking all these unhealthy things. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I think I catch myself faster now, right? Like the more I do it, the stronger that muscle becomes. The more I focus on God's goodness, the easier it is to go back there.
1: That is so true.
0: Well, this was just lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your story. Thank you so much for your heart. Thank you so much for your service. Um, this was really, really great. And I feel like we could do even more episodes in the future. So, um, ladies, if you, if there's anything specific you want to hear more of, let us know. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Remember ladies, you are loved and you are perfect just the way you are, but God's not finished with you yet. You know, where, where you are is where you're supposed to be, but there's more for you. Bree, is there anything else that you want to say to the ladies who are listening as we wrap
1: up? Just keep pushing and having hope. And like you said, shifting that perspective, even if you have to do it every hour, it's going to get easier and you're going to see the benefits of it.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Thank you, Bree.
0: Thank you, ladies. We love you so much. Thank you for spending your time with us today. For more on Purposeful Living Inc, visit our website, purposefullivinginc.org. We offer free coaching, growth groups, events, and have a care team waiting to support you. For more encouragement, you can also find Purposeful Living on your favorite social media platform. Leave a comment, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. Remember ladies, you are loved. You are chosen. You are seen you are valued. You have a purpose and your purpose matters. Talk to you soon. We love you.